The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. It was a weekend full of a lot of excitement in the basketball world, especially when we talk about the women's Final Four, women's national championship, the men's Final Four, and now the men's national championship tonight, shortly after this show. Stick around because we're going to talk about all of them and preview the national championship for the men's basketball tonight. We're so excited to talk about all of this and so much more today on Rising to the Occasion. Welcome to another episode of Rising to the Occasion, everybody. We're so excited. And this weekend, it really has been an exciting one. Women's basketball is more exciting this year than it ever has been for a lot of sports fans. Uh, we can talk about Caitlin Clark and how she's been a phenom that blew up headlines throughout the season and even more during the playoffs. And more people have watched her in the playoffs this year than NBA games all season long. Uh, she is a generational talent, and everyone knows it, and everyone wants to witness it. And she was able to put up 14 points, sorry, 41 points. I'm dyslexic there, but 41 points in back-to-back -back games in the tournament, which is just an incredible uh, accomplishment. But on top of that, one of those 41-point games even included a triple-double, which has been deemed one of the greatest performances and she has been deemed one of the greatest college athletes to have ever played women's college basketball and rightfully so and lsu they have also been extremely exciting they have have had a team that was unlikely to win much at all in the tournament uh, let alone making it to the final four they fought their way all the way there and even making it to the national championship. And as many of us know now, spoiler alert for those who weren't awake yesterday, they won. And Angel Reese has also been a phenomenal player, breaking a record for most double-doubles in a season. She's a force on the boards and elevates her team so many ways. South Carolina is another team that we can look at in women's basketball, making it so exciting, going 36-0 with a 42-game winning streak to make it all the way to the Final Four and coming very close to making it to the national championship if only they were able to beat Iowa. And we'll talk about that game in a moment. But also we witnessed an incredibly exciting Final Four and a natty as well in the men's in the men's basketball Final Four with the na national championship happening tonight very soon after this show. And we're not only excited to, to discuss all of this excitement, but we're also blessed. We're blessed to be able to bring all of this content to you guys and for you guys to be able to join us. And obviously, I am not alone tonight. Uh, you're not only going to be, be joining me and talking about all of these amazing basketball stories, but also two of my amazing hosts. Um, Jeremy, Britton, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing pretty good. I mean, I mean, how how excited are you guys, Britton? We'll start with you. How excited are you? Uh, not only, I guess, excited to have been able to witness a, a, you know, a an amazing tournament from both men's and women's all season long, um, but then going into the national championship tonight. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, good. I'm gonna I'm smiling because I'm gonna say something that's gonna get a lot of crap, but I don't care about women's basketball. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, we're going to talk a lot about it tonight. I did, uh, I did watch it. Obviously, I followed uh, the Caitlin Clark, uh, the whole phenomenal thing there. Congratulations to her. Man, what an unbelievable career. I just don't care. Um, I don't <laughs> sound terrible. But it's the, it's the truth, and I'll always keep it real. Um, yeah, the men's whoopie basketball. Do. Uh, whoopie do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whoopie do. Man, I did did follow, you know, obviously uh, Final Four. Um, didn't do too bad in my bracket, considering nobody did well. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, man, the Caitlin Clark story uh, blew up. So that was pretty pretty amazing to watch uh, the success she had not only uh, throughout the season, but to be able to put up the numbers she did um, in tournament play was was absolutely unbelievable. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I watched UConn, of course, last weekend or this past weekend uh, beat Miami. Um, they've uh, won every game by about twenty points, and they pretty much continue to do so. That's why I'm putting my uh, putting my money on San Diego for the for the higher money bet, but UConn's a solid team there. Josh, you're muted. (laughs) Jeez. We're going to pay the internet. Can you you guys hear me now? I didn't, I didn't pay the internet at all. I'm I'm in a, I'm in a hotel. So I apologize for the, for the crappy Wi-Fi and everything, but no, yeah, you're right though. It is, it's an, it's an amazing uh, it's, it's been an amazing tournament and I mean I'm, I'm not gonna disagree with you and say like no women's basketball means so much to me it really doesn't and I agree with you on that on that point but to be able to watch Caitlin Clark and we'll we'll get to it in a minute I know you know first of all Britain I know you hate Iowa uh, and it's kind yeah. of just a, a it, it's a thing within our family and I'm, I'm gonna probably be disowned for as much as as I uh, as much as I'll say about Iowa, uh, I'll be disowned in our family and, and many facets. Um, but you already were. I, I mean, I'm, 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 I, I, I know because I'm already an Oklahoma fan. But you know, on top of this, though, I mean, I, I enjoy watching something when you can witness history. Uh, you know, we've talked about it. Like, for example, like with Luke Combs, uh, like one of one of our favorite artists, and definitely one of my favorite of all time. Even it's just amazing to see history in the making and we've talked about it with him and how man like it's it's incredible to see guys like him morgan wallen's another one that's that's happening kind of uh in in our lifetime but then we look at at you know sports figures look at tom brady we got to witness that uh and and that's something that's going to go down in history what's that aaron aaron judge interrupting all of our hockey games last year yeah i know that was no he was interrupting college football even worse so I mean, just like yeah, like I, I like of of all times to be able to to break a record. Can you do it when my college football game's not on? But not you know, on. like, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's really cool to see history and to be able to follow Caitlin Clark's story. Uh, I mean, she she really is a phenomenal player. And if it wasn't for her size, I think her skill level is good enough to compete with with men. Uh, and, and that's really hard to do on a, from a woman's aspect. Her skill level, 100%. She she is at the skill level to be able to compete in even a men's league. Which men's league? Like the YMA, YMCA? No, a men's league like college <laughs> basketball. <laughs> okay, you you take her you take her weight out of it, her weight and height. You tell me what what she does that wouldn't be able to compete with with any any men's league. No, I'm not talking NBA because we're talking. 
if if yeah, you I make her so. if you make her six foot four and two hundred and five pounds, you don't think she could be a guard in in men's basketball? Do you also give her a penis? Well, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> that has nothing to do with it. I'm just saying, I think men and women they do play differently, but we'll, we'll even get to that. We'll even get to that in a moment. But uh, let's let's go ahead and start off uh, women's final four LSU. We're going to start off with LSU uh, versus Virginia Tech. Uh, LSU was down nine in the fourth quarter. Uh, they were down fifty to fifty nine versus Virginia Tech and went on a seven zero run to make the game really close and ends up pulling out ahead seventy nine to seventy two. Uh, Alex Morris, she was the leader on the team as far as points. Uh, she had 27 points. Angel Reese with 24 points and 12 rebounds. An amazing double-double. Uh, and a few putbacks that really put them out ahead and really helped them secure that game, put them in front. Uh, it, it, it was a really good game by LSU to be able to come back. Uh, that, I think LSU going into the national championship, I think that they showed that they're definitely the most athletic team in all of women's uh, basketball this year for sure. Um, but I don't know how much you guys caught of the final four there on the, on the women's side. Uh, I know Britain doesn't really care at all about women's basketball uh, and, and doesn't have much of anything good to say about it. But, uh, Jeremy, were you able to catch anything or catch up on anything there? I didn't catch much of the LSU game. I only caught the Iowa-South Carolina game. But um, going back to the Iowa side of it, it was just an all-out unbelievable game. Iowa would not let off the gas, and just from the start, they, of course, with South Carolina, their big thing outside of all their all their players is their height. Then compared yeah. to the, the Iowa players, they're at least a good six inches smaller compared to South Carolina. I mean, it was almost at one point where it's just not even fair if, if there's a shot that goes off the rim and you get their guards down low and just, well, you don't have to practically jump. Just pretty much put their arms straight in the air and just grab the ball, almost. Yeah. Like I mean, it it almost wasn't even fair at one point, just because Iowa's defense in the zone was just like, okay, well, let's just hope that we can get lucky, and if they miss him between their hands and it's off their head, and then all of a sudden falls to the ground just because of the height advantage. But I mean, overall, they couldn't keep up with Caitlin Clark's speed. Was a yeah. big thing transitioning, like. Going back to what you mentioned, Josh, her shooting ability outside of the arc is is scary for being a female. And kudos to her for having an unbelievable season. I mean, think of all the records that she broke and everything. And, I mean, she's just an all-around phenomenal athlete. And just congrats to the Iowa Hawkeyes for their phenomenal season. Yeah, and Caitlin Clark, if you're – if you're, what's that? She's making, what? she's making million million dollars on yeah. NIL. Did she come back? Uh, I think she will. I think she will come back for another season. Uh, I just don't see how you get. I don't think you you get to that point. And the way that it ended it, again, I don't want to jump. A, I don't want to jump ahead of ourselves and talk about the national championship yet because I do have a lot to say on that. But to get to that point and not come back, I think you'd be crazy uh, to do well, that. You so you got two years of eligibility yeah. left. Yeah, yeah. So honestly, I mean, just I think I looked it up and the average like superstar in the in the WNBA is only making just under three hundred thousand dollars a year. And she oh, really? signs really? she's she's kind of yeah and she's signing the deal, you know, with Under Armour and Nike and she's got all these deals. She's making over a million dollars in college. Why would you leave? Oh, yeah. Take a pay cut to go to the WNBA, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean she'll it's she'll definitely WNBA. <laughs> 
it's just the WNBA, but uh, <laughs> it's just women's basketball. Well, and honestly, like that's the thing too. We we you know I I brought this up the last show when we were talking about Caitlin Clark and how she's drawn in such a crowd to watch her. Uh, she she drew in 2.5 million viewers in the game against Louisville where she put up a 41 point triple double, which was more than any NBA game this entire season. And we talked about that the reason being uh, that you know for one. There, there's no there's no woke you go broke going on in, in women's basketball in the college realm right now uh, and there's also no no uh, kind of controversy outside of just watching the game and enjoying the fundamental basketball and teamwork that's going into it and the the passion going into it so that's that's going to draw you in a lot more than the drama that you know we talked about with Kyrie and Kevin Durant and just all this you know Le- LeBron James and everything that, that you look at in the in the in the NBA compared to women's basketball but then uh, you know for for Caitlin Clark yeah she she really has been phenomenal and Caitlin Clark if you at all hear this and I'm going to I'm going to share this everywhere uh, if you hear this I'm willing to pay you some money. I can't. I can't offer you near what you're paying NIL, but I'll pay you to come and make some content with us, so I can have you go against Britain one on one and just watch you pwn him. Uh, so you know, <laughs> just just for what he said about you and your your skill set and for your sport as well. So I'm please come on the show. Years old. I'm, I'm in the popcorn. No, but you you dissed her. So uh, I think she I think she deserves a shot to come back and, and get you. But. I guess women's sports in comparison <laughs> to men's sports. I'm not dissing women's sports, but in comparison to men's sports, that comparing them is, is crazy to me because we're built differently. It's not. I'm not taking anything away from her or the success of the women. I want that to be clear. I think she's phenomenal. I think what she's done is amazing. But I'm, I'm just saying as far as comparing what she can do against another man, I'm not, I'm not willing to buy that yet. Uh, that, well, and you also misheard what I said. I said if if you put her basically her skill set against men, her skill set is definitely competitive with men. I'm not saying she'd be a starter. I think she would be a very good bench player in men's basketball if you were to if you were to give her a better size and physique. I I think her skill set is good enough to be compete with them. I'm not saying she she would be above all or anything, but I really do think that she is to that point. Uh, sure, and, and I, I think I'd have to see her in a man's body, competing against men. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, just look at her against other other women who have also worked just as hard as her, really, in in a grand scheme of things. Not She's, hard enough. So much better. Well, I know, and that's that's incredible. Uh, and I just, I, I mean, I see what she's done. That's that's extremely hard. I think for a woman to be that much better than all other women is just as hard for a man to be. A star on on a team, really, um, because I like what she's, yeah, Again, and, and I away from, away from women's sports. So, so we do agree, so we do agree on that uh, overall. But Britain still like to narrow it down and to to sum up what we what we just now said. Caitlin Clark, Britain doesn't believe that you could beat him one on one. So please come on the show. Uh, we'd yeah. love to make some content with it. But <laughs> uh, Jeremy, do you want to? Jeremy, do you want to take her on one on one too? Not a chance. Okay. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine sitting down with a Maybe bucket of popcorn watching her one-on-one with Britain. What'd you say, Red? Should we uh, change the sport up and maybe go like Ultimate Frisbee or something? Okay, we'll 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 make it fair. We'll all compete with her and Ultimate Frisbee, Caitlin. I I, I really do genuinely mean that. Uh, if if there's what anyone, about <laughs> why not? Uh, but you know, if if 
there, if there is anyone that has a way for us to contact Caitlin Clark, 100%, I'd totally be down for her to really come on. Uh, and even for us to, to pay for, I don't know if she's in a golf, but we'd pay for a round of golf or, you know, disc golf, anything like that. Let's, let's go for it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, jump, jumping back over to the LSU though, against Virginia tech, it really was just, uh, you know, and I, I said this a moment ago, but I really think LSU overall, their entirety, the entirety of their team and even their bench showed out in that national championship game. Um, it didn't show out as much in the Virginia Tech game because it didn't have to, um, but their overall uh, just, I, I, I don't know, I guess their overall competitiveness, athleticism, yeah, athleticism is definitely way above. Yeah. If you if yeah. you watched them against Utah in the yeah. Elite Eight, it just seemed like it, it was like kind of ridiculous that Utah was even on the same court as them in that fourth quarter. Uh, even though it was an extremely close game, I don't think LSU played to their, their capabilities. Uh, and but no. and, and there was there was so many missed free throws in that that game too. But LSU absolutely deserved to make it to the Final Four. And then whenever they the, the way that they showed out against Virginia Tech, coming from behind and fighting to to pull out the win, uh, it was an amazing game to watch them make it to the national championship. Um, but you know one thing that they always had to do is they had to take care of the ball, uh, and really any team does whenever they're playing. But you know what you guys have to take care of, not just you two that are on here with me but any man listening to this you have to take care of your skin guys Uh, and if you're not taking care of your skin i don't know what you're doing so what you need to do to take care of your skin is you need to go over to calderalab.com slash rising to and check out their products because calderalab put some amazing products on their their line i've been using them now and i really have seen a difference within the week and a half or so that i've been using them uh, it might be two weeks now, but pretty close to it, and I, I really have noticed a big difference. Uh, I know you guys haven't got yours in the mail yet, but it's it's on the way. I just now got an email. I know for uh, for somebody's order that they shipped it out to you guys and got it on on the way. So I'm really excited for you guys to to try it. But for all men listening out there, you can either go to Caldera Lab. That's C A L D E R A L A B dot com slash rising T O. And you can check out everything there and get 20% off. Or just check out their website, calderalab.com, and use code RISINGTO for 20% off at checkout. They really do have some amazing products. Uh, I think the base layer is one of the best when it comes to uh, really scrubbing down your face uh, and, and everything. But I think uh, you know there, there was a couple of others, too, and uh, you know, like pretty much anything that I've tried. I think the good is probably the best when it comes to moisturizing your face, making you look young again. That's how I look like I'm 14 years old, guys. It's because I've been applying their products. And I I mean, it just gave me a baby face. So, you know, if you guys want to look young like me, go to calderlab.com slash risingto or use code risingto at checkout. Uh, I'm excited for all of you to try it and help support us here on the show. Isn't it nice that there's finally something like that for guys? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Britton, I know you and I, when, when, when we were young, we were always trying things like proactive. Uh, and there was even times, too, where, you know, we're outside a lot. Uh, and even now, you're, you're up on towers now. And you got wind in, up in your face and everything. Dry skin is a, is a 
a real thing that we have to, to deal with when we're outside. Uh, and, and I feel like sometimes men kind of get the bad end of that, or sometimes it's just too oily of skin, which then ends up drying out your skin in the long run, uh, all kinds of stuff. But Calder Lab really, really has fixed that. It's definitely made it better for me, and I've noticed uh, big time. I'm, I'm starting to get a lot of red patches starting to go away a little bit on my underneath my eyes and stuff like that. So, uh, like I said, yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, you're you're almost looking good, but I think you could use a little bit of maybe the good or something like that to kind of moisturize that that face yeah i'm looking forward to that coming in jeremy i can i can kind of see a little bit of dry flakes in your eyebrows too so we'll get that going away for you yeah i'm excited You're, for it to come i really yeah. am yeah absolutely but it's it's an amazing sponsor we're excited to have them on too but guys let's jump down to the women's national championship we've already hinted towards it Iowa 110% deserved to be there. We talk a lot about Caitlin Clark, and it was the Caitlin Clark show, but Iowa's team was really good, and, and a lot of it was because of Caitlin Clark. Uh, and say what you will, she she played phenomenal, uh, and I know that she showed some showboating, but she's such a humble person off the court and even respectful to, to, to the other teams. And we'll get to, to Britain's favorite part of this this game in just a moment. But uh, she, she really was such a humble person and, and really fun to watch. But the first quarter, you could tell it was in LSU's head that Iowa has a Clay, Caitlin Clark on their team because they thought, well, all we have to do is double-team her. Oh, crap, she's dishing it out to the other girls, and they're looking good. Okay, we can't double-team her. Oh, crap, if we don't double-team her, she's going to score. Oh, crap, even if we have three girls falling around, she's still going to score. And you could tell that was getting in their head. They were fouling a lot, put a lot of their, their starters in a position where they have too many fouls and they need to go take a break on, on the bench. Uh, and so it really hurt LSU in the beginning of the game, and the bench really stepped up for LSU, calmed the entirety of this, this game down, uh, and obviously ultimately come, comes away with it. Um, but let's just start off with just the first half alone. Uh, you know, I, I guess even if we want to back up to just the first quarter, uh, how much I don't know how much you guys were able to watch, Jeremy. I know you were kind of working with the Muskies game and everything, but you were able to kind of catch it a little yeah. afterwards. Um, but Britain, uh, I know you and I were talking about this first quarter and really the first half as a whole. Uh, but kind of give me your, your thoughts on this game up to that point. Yeah, I mean, I was golfing during the. Uh, I was finishing up golfing around the end of the first quarter so I really caught um and this is how much I pay attention to women's basketball I didn't realize that there were four quarters because I'm, I'm so used to in my mind it was college basketball so there's two halves I'm like how's it the third so I did catch the you third know, half two, <laughs> yeah there's three halves like what is this so you know I did I did catch uh, some of the second quarter and then the third and fourth uh definitely paid attention to it. we had it on in the clubhouse there um you know I would just couldn't seemed every time you thought that they were you know making it a little closer uh lsu just you know continued to go on a little bit of a run um and, and maintain the maintain the lead um there but man both teams really played well um definitely no shame for iowa i mean like you said before no. they definitely deserve to be there uh this was you don't i feel like every year like in the national championship for whatever uh whether it's college football or or whatever you know you kind of seem to hear other people say I don't think this team even deserved to be there like uh, TCU yeah. last year there was a lot of that we're hearing uh, that a lot about the men's the men's national championship going on yeah. tonight I mean just yeah. it's it's ridiculous exactly. when you hear that too 
but and, uh, I got a good story about that one, but I'll share that later. <laughs> but um, you know, it, it's just funny because this is kind of the first time, and I didn't know a ton about college, you know, women's college basketball. I'll just be—I don't know if I made that clear or not yet, but you know, I did kind of start Britain, looking into it a little bit more. Towards do you the like? End. Do you like women's college basketball? Is it like one of your top favorite sports? Yeah, it's probably. I thought it was your top favorite sport. Yeah, probably in the top, top like top thirty. Top thirty, yeah. Okay, for sure. Yeah, yeah, cool. right, behind, yeah. right behind cricket. No, really. I did. Uh, I did start watching a little bit of it and, and kind of paying attention towards the end because it's always fun. Um, but man, the, the Caitlin Clark thing really took off, and that's when, as a guy that hates Iowa, I don't hate Iowa quite as much when it's just when it's a woman's, you know, basketball team. I yeah, I'm good. Good for you. Good luck. You know, they're closest team, so kind of cheered for them a little bit to be honest, which surprised me being Iowa. Um, yeah. But I did, you know, and and it was a phenomenal run that they had. Um, but at the end, I, I think LSU just their athleticism. They they seemed more athletic all around than anybody else. So they had more players that were consistently, you know, just athletic. That's just the way I can describe it. I mean, they were fast. Well, and like I said too, even off the bench, you know, when when they when they really needed that bench to step in because they had starters like uh, Angel Reese was one of them, and that's their biggest player really. Uh, you right. know, and she she has to step off the court. The next man up steps on the court, fills the role, calms down the situation. Angel Reese is now able to come back in and doesn't have to play aggressive. And, and to your point earlier, uh, you know, Caitlin Clark, when she's getting double teamed and stuff, she's able to facilitate the ball, which, yeah. I mean, that's a whole other part of the game. People don't give that enough credit. And I, uh, obviously, I'm an Oklahoma City fan. So, like, Josh Giddy, I think he's one of the most fun people to watch as far as facilitating the ball because it's such an art that is a specific art it really is so when you're able to score like you are and facilitate like that you're you're in a whole nother level there so that's why you know i say hats off to her for the season that she's had um and then obviously you know she still put up points she still she played really good and the whole team did the whole team rallied and you can really tell when when a player's off the court you can really tell like how much that player means to the team and Caitlin yeah. Clark is the Iowa women's basketball team. Like they all, 100%. they all, how she plays, they play, you know. And she, she took them far. So congratulations to them. But again, congrats to LSU because they just found a way to continue to, to keep, keep the lead. You know, even when it started, I think it was down to like seven points for a minute. I'm like, whoa, yeah. this is, uh, this is coming back from 15 to seven or whatever. And then LSU pulls away a little bit more. So all around, good game. Yeah, teams. yeah, it really was, and and yeah, you said it, it was a twenty-one point lead for LSU, and Iowa was able to go on an amazing run to make it within seven points at one point. I mean, it was it was really crazy to see that. But kind of backing up to the first half, uh, and and what what we saw there, and and uh, Jeremy, I know you and I kind of talked about the officiating as kind of one that was was a big talking point, and yeah. what frustrated me the most was that not that the refs were maybe calling too much. It wasn't that the refs were calling uh, foul, fouls that I wouldn't call. It was just that they were so inconsistent. There was, uh, you know, offensive fouls against Caitlin Clark. Both of them I, I disagreed with. The commentators disagreed with. Uh, and I, I just, I look at those, both of those offensive fouls. She didn't extend the arm. It's just when you see a player like Caitlin Clark playing to that level and, and you know, with, two girls following her and she's still able to power her way through or power her way around 
she is a more physical player than them. And so that was one that I, I really hated to see those because that gave her three personal fouls, two more, and she's out of the game. And I believe that was uh, early in the game, early in the second quarter, if I remember correctly. Uh, there was an elbow to the face uh, of, uh, I think her name is Chinano. Yeah, Chinano. Uh, you know, so, so she got an elbow to the face by Reese. And so it was without a doubt in my mind that that was intentional. But the referees went back, reviewed it, and called an offensive foul, but or uh, sorry, a defensive foul on Chinano, but no offensive foul at all on Reese, which I thought was egregious uh, in of itself. That was a really bad call. It looked intentional to me, and I'm okay with you not calling it an intentional if you you're, you have any kind of doubt in your mind. But that was absolutely an offensive foul, and it should have it should have never led her to going to the line to shoot for free throws. That was one. Uh, there was another where, one where Chinano actually uh, elbowed somebody else from LSU in the face. That one got reviewed. That one very plainly to me looked like it was more of a flop than anything, and they didn't call anything there. So at least that was consistent in the fact that they said, well, if, if we didn't call it on Reese, we can't call it on Chinano. But I hate that it has to get to situations like that where it's makeup calls. Uh, and there was, there was also uh, you know, a... a tech that was called on Caitlin Clark late in the game that made no sense whatsoever. Uh, the, the commentators agreed with it, but you know, you, you give her a technical foul, giving her four fouls on the game there, it, it puts her and her team in such a tight spot. She cannot play aggressive. She can't drive into the hoop because you're going to call an offensive foul. She can't walk up to her team. Th that's the thing with that technical foul. They went back and replayed and were trying to figure out where she, wh what she was getting called for. And she didn't say anything to anyone. She didn't look at any other players. She just was simply quiet, dropped the ball behind her, and walked up to her team, uh, you know, in a huddle. And so I have no idea what that tech was called for. That was absolutely uncalled for and should never be called. And ultimately, yes, that does change the entire factor of the game because that really stops this big comeback whenever they made it uh, really close, you know, there for a moment. Uh, and LSU ultimately, yes, they are more athletic, and I do agree with that, but they were allowed to be more physical than Iowa was the entire game. And so that part, I think this officiating crew, we've talked about this with other officiating crews in the past on this show, uh, and, and we'll keep on hammering this. Uh, officials need to be punished when they call a bad game. They need to have some sort of punishment. Those refs do not deserve to be, to be paid for that, that game. And it's not for just sure. on the Iowa side. I know it, it, it really was leaning uh, against Iowa, yeah. but it was on LSU side too. You know where uh, the LSU got called for a reach and foul on Reese really early that I didn't agree with. Uh, you know, and then of course like there's there was a couple others that they they got called for that was just all around a horrible officiating job, uh, and and that absolutely needs to be addressed. The every every league. And of their in themselves needs to have some sort of pay scale set out for these referees. They get pay cuts when they, they make bad calls and obvious bad calls and bad games, mm -hmm. uh, and, and they need some sort of punishment. However, you want to work it out, and they need to be put on a payroll ultimately because you can't punish them if you're not putting them on a payroll. And that goes for every league. Uh, and I really do I do not think I am not on the side of Iowa fans where I think that this game was decided by the refs uh, that they stole this game from Iowa, but they did steal this game from the fans who were watching this game, I think, because don't let the score fool you. This was a much closer game uh, than what the, what the score showed. 
And to your point, I have a question for you guys. This is something I've actually thought about before even all this. Do you guys think that it would be a good idea for there to be, um, I don't know if it's a committee or whatever, but over the referees in college, and if they want to do it in the NHL, NFL, whatever, but a committee for that specific place, they can review things like that and then hand down punishments. Yeah, you know, I, I web, absolutely. Web or something. I, I think there should be just to keep people accountable, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that... That's what I mean. I think each league in themselves needs to figure something out. So I would say, uh, I, I would think collegiate sports is kind of one 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 group. But I, however they want to break that up, if they want to break it up per sport, fine by me. I don't care how you want to break it up. But each league needs to create their own rules and some sort of punishment for these refs because then they get off scotch free. We don't expect the refs to be to be perfect. There's calls that are controversial. Uh, like the Eagles uh, pass interference or I guess holding call there at the end in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Yeah, I I would not have called that, and I don't think it should have been called because of looking at how that game was called all game long. That was allowed all game. I don't think it it should get called. And I also think championship games do deserve a little bit more leeway and should be a little more physical and a little bit more gritty. So, no, I don't think that should be called. But it's also controversial, so I don't think that's punishable. But things like... No foul being called uh, on on the offense at all for for Reese elbowing or things like the technical foul against Caitlin Clark. There there's certain fouls and thir- certain calls from the referees. It needs to be punishable. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Britton. I think there needs to be some sort of of organization, some sort of group that committee, whatever you want to do, that hands out these punishments. I think it first starts off by putting them on a payroll because when they're not on a payroll, there is no punishing them. Well, and if you yeah. think about it, like uh, the players, the NBA players and NFL players and NHL players, they'll get paid, right? And if they do something wrong, then what do they do? They get fined. Yeah. So I, I would be, I'm perfectly in favor of that, and I think that needs to be needs to be uh, a thing that happens for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it, it's just you know, and and even the commentators, you know, before the game, we're we're talking about. We really hope that nothing. Uh, nothing gets in the way to, of, of making this a good game. And they listed off some some reasons why that could be. Maybe one team doesn't show up to their full capability. The officiating was one of them that they, they mentioned. And then, uh, you know, during the game, the commentators were saying things. It's, it's a shame when you see things like these controversial calls being called that really affect a game uh, and affect the flow of a game. And even at halftime, they mentioned it, how, how the officiating was horrible. And after the game, we see commentators still saying things. We see, see sports uh, you know, pundits all over and other athletes talking about this. But uh, let's go over to Angel Reese and her actions. Uh, you know, we'll start off with Jeremy. I know Britton's got something to say on this. Jeremy, I, I don't know how much you were able to see of that. Like, uh, I know you were just able to kind of catch up on the game rather than being able to watch it because you were busy. Um, but... You know, with with Angel Reese, the way that she kind of did the John Cena, you can't see me directly to, uh, yeah, directly to Caitlin Clark's face, and then also kind of pointing at the ring finger directly to her face. Uh, you know, do you, do you think these actions were too cocky, or do you think they were justified? There's a fine line between taunting and showboating, in my opinion. But a part of me. I completely get because Caitlin Clark's done this before. Then, the what made me kind of really get upset about it is when 
all of a sudden she pointed the ring finger. I know Aaron Donald did that in the Super Bowl. Then it just made me really kind of upset in a way. I'm thinking it's one thing to win a game and win a national championship, but it's also looking into another perspective. You won the national championship by a good margin of points. Don't get me wrong there, but it also was downright disrespectful then I've even heard on social media there's been so many things obviously on social media but um, it's just to me it's kind of I would be a little disappointed in myself if I were to do that in my actions yeah and I'm sure your mom would chew your butt out man so don't you dare yeah. do that <laughs> I, already, Britain, I already hear that in the back of my ear right now Britain we're trying to keep this PG-13 so no F Iowas or anything uh, you, you can hate Iowa all you want but uh, kind of give me give me your thoughts I know I know you and I agree and disagree on this and, and many levels yeah. so just go go for yeah. it uh, totally disrespectful first off um, okay uh, yeah I, I, agree. I, I like that then. Well, I like that you're you're willing well, to say that then here we go I was going for what we do it was awesome I mean it, it was cool uh, to an extent, I mean, there's there's a part of the part of sports that I don't want to be taken out, um, where where somebody's allowed to, you know, give it back to somebody, like like Jeremy mentioned, uh, Caitlin Clark's been known for that before, um, and and matter of fact, uh, a lot of things that are, one thing that's not really being talked about is during that game um, when Reese is back at a three point line, Caitlin Clark waves her off like, nah, go ahead, take your three, you're not gonna hit it kind of disrespectful like no that was that was in a south carolina game no that that happened i I don't i I didn't see anything of that but i know i know lsu was complaining that caitlin clark did that to south carolina i i I wouldn't i wouldn't think that there would have been a a moment to do that so if that was the case i think that was just stupid uh of anyone on iowa to do that in that game when you never had control of the game ever you 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 had a moment where where hey, it looks good for you in the first quarter, uh, and it looks good for you in the third quarter when you're on a run. But it it, it never looked like hey, it looks good. Uh, it, it looks like you're you're in the lead or anything to, to even yeah, have so, a, a point to so celebrate. Either, but, either way, I, I guess my point is you know if Caitlin Clark is willing to dish it out, she better be willing to take it. Um, yeah, I don't think it was very classy, but hey, it is what it is. It's sports. You get heated. You're you're you know a little taunting. It's all right. You know it is what it is. Yeah. I, again, I don't condone yeah. the action. You're kind of classless. Uh, especially like listen Iowa just lost a national championship these girls are heartbroken not a great time to do it but at the end of the day hey you're gonna dish it you're gonna take it out unfortunately it was taken out on you during uh worst time of your life probably so so here's here's where I stand on it the argument against Caitlin Clark is that Caitlin Clark did the you can't see me she did that several times whatever look back at when when Caitlin Clark does this does she ever do it to a player's face I didn't see a single time where she does it to a player's face. I, I've looked at the replays that people are showing. It's always turn around a celebration. The, and, it, and it was once and quick. It wasn't following a player around the way that Angel Reese did. Uh, and so, so you know, that's that's one thing. Do I think that was wrong of, of Caitlin Clark to do? No. And if, if that was what Angel Reese did, no, no, no. And, you know, no shade thrown at her whatsoever. If if Angel Reese turns around, does the same thing, and says, "Put the ring on the finger," and she's she's doing it as a celebration, I have nothing wrong with it. Uh, and and I, I get it. I think a lot of people are fighting from. You've never played the game, then, if you think that that this is disrespectful and you're going to talk down to her about it. I've played the game. All right. I I I, I, I do understand that. I I have been known to to chirp too much during games. 
Uh, I've, I've been sat during football games for chirping too much. Uh, I've been sat during, uh, you know, during football games for more than just chirping too much. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've gotten in fights in pickup basketball games. I, I, and one of those fights I lost to a wall. So, you know, that, I, I get it. I get the passion that goes into the game. But to the, the main thing that I want to say with this is the way that Angel Reese does it, following her around, trying to get into her face, that doesn't bother me as much as when you did it. Where was this showboating in the first quarter when it was a close game? When was this trash talk in the first quarter when it was a close game? Where was this trash talk when it, it was a pretty close game in the third quarter? I didn't see any of it. I didn't see any of this confidence, or whatever you want to call it. I didn't see it until 10 seconds left of the game when you decided that this was when you thought maybe you can, you can showboat. So that's, that's the problem yeah. that I have with it. Do I totally disrespect Angel Reese for doing what she did? No, I've I've gotten caught up in the moment too, and I've I've never wow. I've never won a championship game to that magnitude either. So I can't step in the, those shoes and say that I wouldn't do that because you know what? I'm I'm probably one of the the most unsportsmanlike players. Uh, you know, ask Britain when I'm golfing. You know how how sportsmanlike I can be on the golf course. I, I get it, okay? And, I don't and, know. We all, all three of us haven't gone golfing yet, so I might beat you out on that. <laughs> well, well, we'll have a competition, Brittany. You... <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah. it's borderline embarrassing, Jeremy. <laughs> really? It's great, but it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I I'm I, I agree I'm... with you 100. I think it's a, there's it's the time in which it's it's not really the, even the time; it's how it was done. You can do it, and then if you do it to a player, it's different. Yeah. And that's why I started off by saying I don't condone her actions. But yeah, and, and I like I like how you how you said, and and I agree with you. I I like the competitiveness, and I I like the the passion that's going into it. And I I understand where her heart's at. Okay, one hundred percent. And therefore, I'm not going to be on the side that sits here and and uh, screams that she needs to be punished or anything like that, or just how you how horrible of a, a person she is. What was that? Kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's that's one thing when you're on that higher level that I do think needs to be, needs to go into it for sure is just thinking that not to let the, the the passion of the game or the emotions get to the point where you're a bad influence on those young girls that are watching you and looking up to you, uh, and and she's been known to do this kind of stuff in the past too to really kind of burn her reputation with her fan base and stuff like that too, so. Uh, that, that's I think that's the main reason why she's getting so much flack for what she did. Um, but, and I don't recall the girl's name that afterwards in the ceremony, uh, you know, she started off kind of sounding like she was giving Caitlin Clark a shout out. Uh, you know, you're a phenomenal player on all this, but put put some respect on LSU. I never once, <laughs> I, I don't know where this disrespect on LSU is coming from because I don't think Caitlin Clark has ever disrespected LSU uh, or, or talked down about him, other than the fact that she responded and said, we're not going to guard LSU the same way that we guarded South Carolina. Yeah, they waved on South Carolina, but that was more of a go ahead and shoot. We're staying back and playing our, playing our defense. And that's how they were playing defense. And I didn't, I didn't see that as a showboat or a taunt or anything either. That was, that was more communication on the defense from the way I saw it. And I might be wrong, but uh, yeah, I just – I know a lot of a lot of emotions, a lot of stuff going on around social media around Angel Reese and what she did. I'm I'm, I'm not hardcore on either on either side. I'm I'm very much in the middle on that. 
uh, where I can understand it, but I do think it was too far. But let's go ahead and jump down. We had the men's Final Four this past weekend, too. I don't know about you guys, but I made sure to use DraftKings this past weekend, and I know I'd, I'm not, I'm not going to say that you know how much I won or anything on air, um, but I won a hefty little penny, and I put that penny back in tonight uh, to put a little bit more uh, and made myself some parlays to see if I can I can win some more money again or see if I can just lose everything that I won the other night. So uh, we'll, we'll see what ends up going on. Uh, and I, I do have one of my bets that I'll, I'll bring up in our DraftKings bets uh, as, as one of them part of our competition. But let's get into the final four. First, it was SDSU. Uh, South, San, uh, I want to keep on saying South Dakota. San Diego State. <laughs> San Diego State University uh, against FAU. It was extremely exciting. FAU looked like they had the game. It looked like they were they were in control. Eight points at halftime. At one point, they led by 14 points, I believe, was their highest lead. And they controlled it. And one thing, uh, one, so one of the ways that I made money is I was smashing the over. Uh, because FAU scores points. Everyone's saying San Diego State has such a good defense. They haven't They haven't had to, to face an offense that scores the way FAU does. They just put in stupid baskets. Uh, you know, stupid buckets and stupid shots that go in. Uh, but, you know, so F- F- FAU is up by 14 points. San Diego State fires back, uh, again, with their amazing defense, but their offense was able to put something together and compete. Uh, and then, ultimately, Lamont Butler hits a buzzer beater to win the game. Uh, you know, Jeremy, kind of give your, your thoughts on FAU, San Diego State, and that Final Four game, man. I mean, overall, the game was kind of – it was fun to watch, don't get me wrong, but it was kind of a little bit of a shocker just for what they put the over-under for the score-wise. Kind of shocking <laughs> yeah. just for the overall. Over-under was like what? Do you remember I think what 132 was? is what I took a bet on. Uh, so I, I bet and won some good money on the over. Uh, and and I, mean, I just thought it, I thought it was ridiculous. And I even upped the over uh, a little bit from where it was to on a, on a separate yeah. bet. Um, but one of them that I took was 132. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bump that up a little bit more. Uh, and, and so it didn't hit as much as I thought it would, but I, it just was ridiculous to me to think that they can't score that. Yeah, I mean, you got these guys, like you said, they're making lucky shots. And overall, I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch much of it just because I was working, of course. But, I mean, overall, still, from the highest that I saw, it looked like an overall really – fun, fast-paced game, and I mean, it wasn't um, like a big gap between score-wise. It was relatively close. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, they the big thing that helped them was getting on those these runs and just keep going overall in the game. And um, overall, I mean, it was just a little, it was fun experience to see the highlights. I wish I could have watched the game, but I mean, overall, it was just really cool to see the highlights and everything and just it was fun. Yeah, yeah, 72-71, extremely close game. I don't know how you don't have fun with that, but, uh, you know, like I said, what is that, 143 points? So, you know, mm-hmm. hitting that over. I know on one of my – I bumped that up to, I think, 138.5 and, and made some money on that because I put it in the plus uh, quite a bit. But, yeah. uh, Britton, I know you and I were talking about, about the, the final four and everything. Uh, you know, give us your thoughts on San Diego State and how they beat FAU. Yeah, I caught that whole game. Um, yeah, honestly, I thought FAU was going to pull it off, and I, th- I actually thought that they might win by, by a little bit of margin there. Yeah. Um, 
if I sound congested, I've got allergies. So, um, but man, that was a, that was an excellent game. Um, a lot of fun to watch. Kind of the back and forth towards the end. Yeah. Um, really started to make the comeback, and then you think that's nah, uh, it's narrow margin, but it's it's victory for FAU. Um, man, that last shot by Butler was a Michael Jordan esque shot. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it reminded me Mamba. of Michael Jordan. Mamba mentality. I mean, yep, for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, it was like old school basketball right there, man. And it was, it was like not a question in anybody's mind. Is as soon as he let go of the ball, it's like holy cow, he made that. Like instantly, yeah. it's like it just looked perfect, man. And uh, man, yeah. what a way, to, what a way to finish a game and get you know, the Kate, you know, my my wife and I, we we were talking about you know because we were, we went out to watch that game. I was still moving. I was in Ohio, empty house, no TVs. I said, hey, you want to go out out to the the, you know, there was a, a local bar down downtown that has amazing fish tacos, uh, and so I had to go get my last dose of them uh, before I left Ohio, and we went down there to watch the FAU game, and her and I were both talking about how it just seemed like the refereeing was a little too, again, I hate to blame any kind of officiating, but it does feel like there's key moments where it takes a, a a part of the game away from us. I don't think it decided the game in that FAU game, but there were a lot of them that I just thought was were really weak calls, uh, and and it was mainly all towards the end. I think it was towards the middle to end of the second half is really when they started getting really weak and, and starting to call a lot of fouls that I wouldn't have ever called uh, and, and just not really letting them play physical the way that they were. And again, that's where I want consistency because when you're not consistent as a referee, the players, if they start off and they're playing a little physical and they're bumping into each other, guess what? They're going to keep on doing that. And when you start to call it for against them for that, you're confusing them and you're you're confusing the the, the flow of the game. And so that was one thing that kind of disappointed uh, me a little bit. But I, I don't think it really leaned one way or the other. It was just something that again I I think that needs to be addressed. Um, but kind of going back over San Diego State being able to to pull off and and stop FAU's offense. I think that last play. Ultimately, I I I don't know what FAU's game plan was. But I don't know why you're shooting outside the arc on that. You push that inside, make it a contested shot, and hope that you can make it in. If not, you you wind the rest of that. What was it like? Three seconds left on the clock. Three point something seconds on the clock when SDSU gets the ball. Like three point eight, three point nine seconds. Yeah, I think so. And so, San Diego State doesn't take a timeout. Phenomenal coaching call because anybody in the nation would have taken a timeout there. So it was the right call at the right time and the right moment. Uh, I don't know if you call that luck or if you just call it good coaching, but I'm going to call it good coaching. Great job to not call that timeout and just let your players go with the flow of the game. And sure enough, Butler goes down there, scores the, the, the buzzer beater. What better way to end a game than a buzzer beater, guys? Uh, but not only that, yeah. but what better what better way to buy tickets and to cop your seats at a game than by using SeatGeek. Uh, SeatGeek is the number one app slash website that I use here, at, you know, really any of us here at Rising of the Occasion use because SeatGeek not only has amazing prices and amazing offers, they make it so easy to find a seat. You know exactly where you're going to sit before you select your seat, which is something that not I don't think any other place really does. 
uh, at least not that I can think of, other than you know maybe going directly on a website or whatever the, from the the official team and maybe ordering season tickets or something. But SeatGeek defines it directly to the exact seat and the, the exact spot you're sitting. And they have it set up very easily because not only can you see a blueprint of the entire stadium or wherever it is, wherever it is that you're, you're, you're going to, but you can see all of the dots and exactly where they're at in the stadium, and they're all color-coded. So if it's red, you know to stay away from it because it's not that good of a deal. But if it's green, click on that and check it out. See if it's a good deal because that green one is, is showing you it's a very good deal for that seat. SeatGeek makes it so easy. They have amazing prices, but it's even better prices when you go to SeatGeek.com or download the app and use code R2TO for $20 off. SeatGeek is amazing. We've used it several times to, to cop our own seats, and uh, it, they, they really do have an easy setup uh, and, a, and a great way to, to find your seats, not only for sporting events, but also for any kind of concerts or any kind of shows, anything like that. So, again, go to SeatGeek.com, use code R2TO for $20 off your first purchase, and it goes to so many things. But, guys, let's jump into the other Final Four game uh, we had UConn versus Miami. I don't have a whole lot to say about this one because Miami uh, was almost out quick and then came back to make it close, and then, bam, they were right back out of it again and just never bounced back. It seemed like UConn controlled the game, winning 72-59. to uh, Sanogo, a huge shout-out to him. He hit uh, two three-pointers in the first half really quick in the game. That really set the pace for, for their offense. Uh, and that was that was really cool to see. He ended with 21 points total, uh, and then UConn. I mean, they they just completely outplayed in every facet of the game. Uh, beat Miami. Uh, it was a really really fun game for a moment. And I guess if you were cheering for UConn, it was even more fun. Uh, I, you know, so it was it was definitely a a good game to watch. But you know, uh, Britain thoughts on on Miami uh, versus UConn. Yeah, I mean Miami shot the three poorly uh, from the get go. Really. Um, really thought they should have worked inside of the paint um, more often. Um, and it really felt like towards the end of the game, um, when it was kind of do or die, they probably needed to take some threes. They were really hesitant on some open threes, didn't take them, wasted a lot of time. Um, and it just kind of almost seemed like they just were caught off guard and maybe didn't didn't know how to respond. I think that was my biggest takeaway for, from Miami. I think Miami looked really good um, all the way up. And I think they deserve to be there. I mean, oh, Miami played sure. some of the best ball this year. Um, I mean, honestly, I think a lot of a lot of the teams that are, that were in it this late played a lot of the best ball that they played. Obviously, considering there was no one seeds. Um, yeah. But uh, again, just a reminder to everybody: Purdue went out first round, so throw that out there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was I thought it was crazy to to see you know quite the domination. I know UConn's put up, I think, a twenty point margin. Uh, so far, and they they just continue to uh, pull off a pretty big victory. Um, I think uh, they're definitely the best team this year. Um, yeah. I'd like to see San Diego State tonight. Um, you know, maybe maybe make it competitive. I've actually got a little bit of money um, on that game on San Diego State just because uh, little little payout there. So I'll cheer for them. I'd like to see the underdog win this one, but I think UConn's uh, definitely the best team in, in the college this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But Jeremy, uh, did you have much on the on the Miami uh, UConn game? I mean, you guys pretty much said it all. Miami tried to get back, but UConn just kept putting on the gas, and they just couldn't keep it together. I know, like you mentioned, Josh. I'm gonna Sonogo. I think he was 
put up 21 points overall in the game. It was like nine out of 11 shots from the field goal range, which is really good for for UConn. Just the entire game itself. I mean, at that point, you just got to keep laying on the gas and for for UConn's perspective and never look back. And that's what they did, just flat out from the get go. Yeah, yeah, Sanogo, uh, absolutely. I think up to this point, he deserves the player of the tournament. Uh, you know, definitely most valuable player. He's been outstanding for UConn and a focal point of their team. And now it leads into the the men's national championship game uh, with UConn and San Diego State, two teams that I don't think, I, I don't think most of the, the nation picked either of these two teams. Uh, I can see some possibly picking UConn because they were a good team going into the tournament. But for Miami to go through, or sorry, not not Miami, but San Diego State to go through the the uh, the trials that they've gone through, through the the schedule throughout the tournament that they they had to go through. I mean, it it, it was an incredible road. Uh, you know, they they beat FAU that we just talked about. They beat Creighton, which was a really good team this year in the tournament. They beat Alabama, uh, and you know, and even backing up before that, being able to, to beat Colgate and and uh, uh, Furman as well. So a really tough road to where they they are now. Uh, it, it was outstanding tournament for, for San Diego State. Nobody expected them to be able to get it as far as, as they could, let alone being able to beat Alabama, which I think was a favorite for many people uh, to win it all. So, I mean, it, it just an amazing overall performance for them getting up to this point. They do have an amazing defense, and I think that if this is a low-scoring game, I think San Diego State has a, has a chance to win this because their defense is what wins these games for them. But if you're hitting the over in this game, uh, which let me look at that real quick. Uh, it looks like the over right now went went to 131 and a half. Uh, so I think if, if if you hit the over on this on this game, I think that's when you see UConn's offense pulling out ahead and winning this game. Um, but San Diego State, I think they're going to win if if they are able to keep it under uh, that point. But you know, going into this matchup, I guess uh, you know Jeremy, who do you have between UConn and San Diego State? I honestly want to say UConn just because they've been the dominance throughout this entire tournament. And I mean, they got firepower, great offensive and defensive abilities. Their transition game is just lights out every single night. And I mean, you got plenty of guys that'll score plenty of points for UConn. Then it doesn't matter if you're a starter or someone off the bench and you got to get the team going. And then, I mean, I'm just going out with UConn. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. UConn's a seven and a half point favorite right now. Uh, you know, it's heavily leaning towards Unicorn, uh, Unicorn, Unicorn. Uh, but UConn, fifty nine percent of the picks uh, for the spread have been for UConn to win by seven. Uh, I saw another spread where it was seven and a half, but fifty nine percent of the picks are for UConn by an average of seven point favorites right now. So, uh, I mean, it's Britain. It's it's definitely leaning towards UConn when it comes to favorable, favorability. Um, but who do you have in this game? Who do you think is really going to pull out ahead? You know, honestly, I, I, I really genuinely mean this when I say it. Um, I actually have San Diego. Um, I think San Diego State um, is going to be probably the toughest uh, opponent that, which I would not have said before the tournament by any means. Um, but I think it's the toughest opponent that they will play. San Diego State has proven – uh, to be able to play with anybody. And San Diego State's playing its best ball right now. UConn is also playing phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. I know the margin of victory has been there for UConn. But, man, I really like the athleticism. And I want to say it's uh, 
their big guy. I want to say number 50, Chef. I, I could be wrong. Um, really plays the boards well. Um, I really like the the offensive rebounding that I've seen in the tournament play um, from San Diego State. I think if they can control the ball, control the pace of the game, um, they really stand a chance to take a, take a win here. Um, and I think it'd be a pretty pretty crazy story for them to win it all this year. So I'm going to go with San Diego State. Uh, that's me being a little bit hopeful and optimistic, of course. Um, but I, I really genuinely do mean that, though. I, I do think that they can play with anybody. And I don't I don't necessarily see this being a, a blowout like uh, a lot of the UConn games have been so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy, too, whenever you look at it uh, and, and looking at what UConn's done. Britton mentioned this already, but uh, UConn in this tournament alone beat Iona by 24 points, beat St. Mary's by 15 points, beat Arkansas by 23 points, beat Gonzaga by 18 points, and then Miami in the Final Four by 13 points. I mean, just they've been on a roll. They have won, won by double digits every time. Uh, and you know what? I, I'm, I, I really thought with Miami, the way that Miami played up to this point, the way that they, they got themselves to that Final Four, that was the only bet that I think I lost all weekend. Uh, was I took Miami to cover the plus five. I thought, you know what, I, I have faith in Miami not to necessarily win because UConn's just that good, but I think they're going to keep it close. And my, uh, UConn proved me wrong because they're, they are that good. Uh, and so being able to, to cover, you know, and, and being able to not just cover that five points, but then to, to win by double digits in the final four, leading yourself to a national championship. Uh, I mean, I just, like you said, Britton, I think UConn is the best team in this tournament based on what they've done and getting to this point. Uh, and, and it really is exciting. Uh, me personally, I'm, I'm taking UConn in this game. Uh, I do think they're going to pull it off, but I don't disagree with you. I think San Diego state is good enough. I think their defense is good enough to win this game. And like I said, if their defense plays to the, to the caliper that I think they're, they're capable of, uh, I, I think they can win this game. And I think they, they do win this game. If they, again, like, like I said, I think if they keep the under, I think they win this game because I think their defense is better than UConn's defense. But I have a lot of faith in UConn's yeah. offense. Um, but, yeah, this this is going to be an amazing championship game to watch. Uh, leading scorer for Sa- San Diego State, Matt Bradley, He's ha- he has 12.7 points per game at a 40% uh, 40 overall and 80% from the free throw line. But Adama Sanogo for UConn, outstanding numbers because he's not only scoring 17.2 points per game in men's college basketball that's really good uh and and you know with with the amount of time but not not just that but he's shooting at a 60.7 percent completion percentage that's really good and that at the line only 75.8 i think he can improve that uh especially going forward especially if i'm not sure where he's at if he's going to the league or not after this year but uh you know for that's something that you really want to see out of a big man to be able to, to improve from the line. Uh, but him shooting the two three-pointers and draining those, uh, you know, it, it really kind of shocked Miami there early in the game. So that was really big from him. But uh, I got a lot of a lot of faith in Sonogo being able to score big and help, help them hit the over in this game and, and win. But, guys, should we get over to the DraftKings bets? I think we should. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, for those who don't know, DraftKings is the official sports book of Belly Up Sports. You can visit the link down in the description. Click on that link. Sign up for DraftKings. 
by going to the, the site or even just signing up uh, through the mobile app. But click on that link to sign up with DraftKings. Uh, that's dkng.co slash bellyup150. If you do that, sign up, place a $5 bet on any game. Guess what? Tonight's the perfect night to do it because you can place it on the big national championship game. There are so many bets that are very favorable tonight. But just place that $5 bet and win $200 in free bets instantly. So there's no better way to do it and no better way to bet on any any sports book than to bet with house money. So how about you start off with $200 of house money to bet with, win yourself some cash. Um, guys, let's start off. I'm going to start with Blake's picks for tonight. Blake didn't want to go anywhere near this national championship game, even though I know he said something earlier about really feeling it for San Diego State. Um, but... He, instead, he sticks with the MLB. He knows the MLB very well. He knows baseball very well. He's picking Yankees money line versus Phillies at minus 175. Dodgers money line versus the Rockies at minus 210. Britton, let's go ahead and start with you. What's your best for tonight? Yeah, so I've got uh, San Diego State. I did want to touch this game. Um, <laughs> I, I like that. I, I already mentioned my reasoning for it, but um, you know, I, I, A, I like the money on it. Um, pick the underdog a little bit, win some more cash. Um, the last I again, checked, they were plus 290. I'm not sure if that's updated since then, but plus 290 going into this game. So, I mean, if if you were to place something on that and, and they end up winning, exactly. you can yeah, you can, you can can definitely win a little dough. Yeah, I'm actually into my DraftKings account finally. Yeah, um, okay, awesome. I've been, I've been betting the bets that I've, that I've been mentioning on the podcast, awesome. um, and I'm obviously doing really well with that. Um, yeah. And we're, so, we'll get to that in just a moment too. I've also got the, uh, the Dallas Stars over the over the Predators. Uh, Predators are trash this year, so that's a pretty easy bet. It it is in that weird moment though, betting in the NHL, where uh, Predators out of the playoffs, so they've got nothing. So well, well, that's that's what you think, but you know, every other team. I'm pretty sure that the playoffs are completely set. If I'm if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, right? Or are there still a few uh, positions not set? Still a week or two left in there. Oh. There's there is still but time left. It's not fully set yet. It's not fully set. Okay, so so maybe the stars do pull out and, and end up winning at normal. But it is that weird time where the teams that have nothing to win all of a sudden do good. We've been talking about the Blue Jackets winning. Yeah, there's still like five that. Yeah. left. But I, I still like that too. I like the I like the stars quite a bit. Uh, Jeremy, what was your your bets for the night? Um, my one I stepped out of my comfort zone. I went with the baseball side. I picked the um the Cardinals over the Atlanta Braves on the money line. The for the St. Louis Cardinals when I looked earlier it was um, plus one hundred five for the Cardinals and minus one twenty five for the Braves. And last time I checked, um, it's not looking so good for St. Louis. Um, <laughs> I think it was I think it was like six to one. It was a gutsy bet, but I can appreciate I can appreciate the you know yeah, stepping out of your comfort zone and, and shooting for an underdog. Yeah, but um, for my other one, I went back to my regular side of things in the hockey world. Um, I had the Minnesota Wild money line over the Vegas Golden Knights. The money line was uh, minus 135 for the Wild and plus 115 for the Golden Knights. And right when I looked on DraftKings, it was one nothing Vegas, but there's still plenty of time left for the, for the Wild to come back. Yeah, yeah, I like that too because, you know, like you and I have both been talking, you know, Minnesota's just that freaky good team right now, and they're really showing up at a perfect time. Uh, so it, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they're able to pull out and win that game. But, again, it's just that weird time 
of the season going into the playoffs where you just don't know. Uh, you know, it's been such a weird, weird end of the season. Um, for me, I took the Stars versus the Preds, the over. Uh, so over six points, and that's at plus 100. Ooh. So I took the over. Uh, I'm, I'm really confident in that. I think the Dallas Stars have been scoring a lot this year. Uh, their offense is one of the best in the league right now. So I'm taking the over six. Uh, and that, again, that was plus 100. So a, a little bit of a, a lower odds there, but I'm, I'm feeling good about it still because you know the Preds haven't been playing too good this year either. So I, I think the Stars can really pull out ahead with that. And I am going to touch that national championship game tonight. I'm going to bet UConn to cover minus 7.5. So I'm going to pick them to win by 8 points or more versus San Diego State tonight. That was minus 110. CJ, safe bets there, Josh. That's, uh, a that's couple of safe bets, huh? <laughs> yeah, I really do. I think those are pretty safe, comfy couch kind of bets right there. What are you talking about? A plus one hundred, a minus one ten? Yeah, I don't. I think those are the softest bets out there, bud. I don't know. Coming from a guy that's got minus one ninety five compared to my minus one ten as my my highest odds. What's uh? <laughs> what, what's my San Diego? Plus two ninety. But do you really hey, think that? Go. Now we're talking. Do you really think? Do you really think UConn winning by by eight by eight points? Yeah, against the San Diego defense, I think that's a I think that's a gutsy bet personally. I'm actually surprised that that's minus one ten. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I <laughs> so I, I'm I'm gonna look it up right now. But as I'm looking it up, Britain uh, here, I, I actually need to pull something else up uh, first because. Uh, I, I didn't have this ready to go, but Britain, uh, I told you to have your your victory speech ready to go. Um, it was a tough a tough betting month for all of us, really. It was just those weird bets that, again, the NHL was weird right now because it's a bunch of teams fighting to get into the playoffs, a bunch of other teams trying to wreck dreams. But uh, Blake ended with going three and seven on the month uh if if my memory serves me here if, if my record serves me correctly uh three and seven at the bottom of the list he's trying to turn it around and and start betting a little bit safer this month i think uh, based on his bets tonight um but then jeremy and i both tied at four and six uh, i was really cheering against him a little bit just so that we didn't end up tying there on that last betting night but he ended up pulling out and uh, you had a two and oh night so I mean, congrats to that yeah. to you on that. Uh, I'm I'm really upset that my Rangers lost on that game, but hats I'm off not. to you, man. You you made the right pick, and Britain ended up winning the month. So Britain, we need a victory speech from you. You went five and five, breaking it even at 500, much like your Huskers. Hey, let's hear it. Sounds about right, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Oklahoma went Oklahoma went 500 last season too. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll dish that back at myself. I've been given. Uh, award speeches my whole life so it's pretty pretty easy for me to do here <laughs> uh man i'll tell you what i'll be honest with you boys the five wins i, I wasn't super surprised be five, good. yeah the five losses is was what really kind of surprised me uh now there were a couple bets that i was pretty unsure about but i went ahead with it anyway but a few of my losses were really surprising to me some of the wins were actually wins that i probably shouldn't have got and some of my losses were like really how did, that, how did that pan out? But I tell you what, boys, don't ever go with logic when betting. Pick your feet. Pick your team's favorite color. Pick your favorite <laughs> color out. Sometimes I like to take a map, really a couple things on there, and take a dart from across the room, and 
Say a prayer. That's what you got to do. So the moral of the story for for all of our watchers and listeners, not only do we love you and appreciate you for watching and listening, uh, and we do hope that you like and subscribe, comment down below what your picks are for tonight, uh, and also let us know uh, you know what your odds are there on DraftKings. But the moral of the story is, if you are betting on DraftKings with us tonight, don't listen to Britain's advice. Uh, stay far away from that. Uh, it did work for Britain, though. There were definitely some where he told us flat up, "I'm just, I'm just betting with my emotions on this one, but I'm going for this," and it panned out. He went 500, and no, that's not a great record to have, but it put him out ahead of all of the rest of us. So uh, one. one one thing that I want to start doing uh, is it, it's going to be hard. and It's going to be a lot of tracking, so maybe I won't end up doing it. Maybe I can get get uh, you know somebody to help me out with it or something. But I want to I want us to try to track units because uh, that way we can see. Because maybe Britain got five and five, but Jeremy and I matched up with units. Which actually I think regardless, Britain definitely won the units because he was betting a lot of plus two hundred. There was one I think one night I'm trying to think of which one it was that you bet that I was like making fun of you for. It's a plus four twenty or something like that, four thirty, and it hit. And so like he definitely won in units too. He probably killed us in units. So, um, but oh, overall, a lot of fun this month. Congratulations, Britain. Uh, and going over to our brackets, um, that's something we're gonna have to discuss as a group. Britain and I are gonna have to settle a tiebreaker. We're gonna have to figure out what that tiebreaker is gonna be. We'll get back to you on that because Britain and I both ended right at the top, uh, tied. I forget what the points were uh, up on that, but we were both tied uh, for we our can brackets. Lincoln this week. Uh, we might be able to do it on the weekend because I totally forgot to bring my clubs down with me. But yes, maybe maybe that's maybe that's what we'll have to do. Maybe a, a, a one hole challenge uh, because I haven't golfed at all this year yet. So yeah, let's let's do like whatever par three we we end up on first. That's going to be our our tiebreaker. Does that sound good? Yeah, you come down to Shenandoah th- this Friday if you're off. And Heck yeah, I'll open up the clubhouse to you. <laughs> let's do it. All right, so that's that's set. It's final. We'll have to we'll have to get the approval by Blake as well because uh, he is part of the team. But I'm sure that'll that'll probably be the tiebreaker. So we'll have to do a par three challenge. Whoever wins the par three hole, uh, whatever the first par three is, uh, and let's be honest, Britain's got the advantage. Not only has he golfed this year, I'm gonna have to go out and start practicing my swing like crazy uh, because I haven't even I haven't even swung a golf club this year. Uh, so not only that, but he also knows the course. So. Uh, just putting that out there ahead of time so everybody knows it's not excuses after the fact. Um, but again, if you were watching up to this point, uh, we thank you so much for watching, for listening. We ask you to like and subscribe. Leave a comment down below. Tell us who you think is going to win this game before it goes on here in, what, about 30 minutes? Uh, so tell tell us who's who's going to win this, this game down here. Uh, yeah, you can comment down below, too, who's going to win this Par 3 Challenge. Uh, you know, Am I just going to all of a sudden come out and rory mcelroy this thing or am i gonna max homa and choke this thing so let's uh let's go for it but we thank you all so much if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify give us a five-star review that helps us out more than you know we're growing and we thank you all so much for your support and helping us get there and until next time